0: Hello and welcome to episode number 451 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I am Carlos and in this week's packed show, the Boeing 767 is back on the menu. Ryanair is forced to dig deeper into its wallet and a pilot attempts a remake of the film snakes on a plane. It's all good news in the military this week as we bring you some opportunities to attend a bomber camp and visit the new Amelia Earhart Museum and the Cywell Aviation Museum opens for the year. Also this week we have, well it's competition time, your chance to win uh, one of the fantastic aviation books uh, that Nev has got over across in his studio at home. Uh, More on that later on the show so make sure you stay tuned and uh, we've set a, set quite an interesting question to win this book uh, this uh, this week. So, and joining us live across the village here in rural Suffolk. Across the valley. Well, across, well, we are in a valley, really, aren't we, Matt, technically? Well, it is called the Waveny Valley. <laughs> yes, it's the Waveny Valley. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, now, listen, Carlos, I, I have a complaint to make. What, what, <laughs>
1: where's the green where's screen? Where's the green screen? What's going on here?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the main studio here at uh, Casa del, my house, is uh, under renovation. So I am in what we class as the spare room today. Oh. So there's no green screen. Uh, ex- excuse me, not spare
1: room at all. That's my room, that's, I'll have you know. Ma- this is where sc- this is spare where Matt room. I when, don't, he, other,
0: when he stays here. Other people are not allowed to stay in that room. How day <laughs> No, no, it so I, I'm here. and yes, uh, yes it's it's uh, it's coming coming together nicely with are so okay. the paints on the walls. Um, let me guess are you painting it
1: green so that it, so that you can use it as a green screen. Well it's funny you should say that, actually, <laughs>
0: Matt. It's funny you should say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I actually chose Royal Air Force Blue. Did, did you? Right, OK. Yes. yes. So that's currently going on the walls as we speak.
1: Right, That. that's... I'm not sure the relevance of that and green, by the way. I'm just
0: saying... Yeah. <laughs> well, the whole very thing... Different the colours. whole reason... <laughs> The whole reason, apart from the fact that the the, the studio did need a, a lick of paint, the whole reason what? behind doing all this is that I can finally mount the the stage one RB two eleven blade that I got um, right. earlier this year. He's going, he's going to mount the blade on the wall, is what he's going to do apparently. <laughs> on the wall, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think, Honestly, John, I think I, I think you, I, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think he's the bright age of. Twenty odd, ish. <laughs> yeah, 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 Twenty plus V Twenty plus V yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yes. Uh, welcome, Matt. Thanks for uh, thanks for pressing all the right buttons this week, as always. Which I'm sure. It's all right, you, will you be. get to go next week. I know it's all my go <laughs> next week, and uh, you might notice that uh, Armando is not with us this week. Armando, unfortunately, is he's well, he's <laughs> he's flying a really horrible jet. I mean, he sent us a video. Uh, earlier on today, in our in our, in our little uh, host group that we watched, and uh, it's safe to say that uh, if you were going to travel anywhere across, um, well, anywhere really across the world, you'd like to travel in the jet that uh, Armando is currently flying, which is the Hawker, the Hawker XP. I. I must say we, we were very lucky that uh, Armando sent us a video of
1: it earlier, didn't he? And uh, yeah, I yeah. have to say it looked horrible. Uh, it's, I, I can't, it was awful. I can't imagine having you know having to put up with that uh, that horrendous level of comfort. Speaking of being used to high levels of comfort, by the way,
0: I, I was actually going to say every seat <laughs> in that plane, Matt, was a seat one A. Seat one A was it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and talking of seat one A, <laughs> uh, well. Welcome on, as always, our fantastic member of the team as well.
2: It's Neville Bowen. Yes, here we are again, but no seat 1A this week. In fact, no flying this week. What? I have been using the train. uh, I have to say that my local train company normally does a fantastic job and you can set your watch by the train service, but this week has been an absolute disaster for them again, and it was standing room only. So there's no, oh, no yeah. 1A or Standing no 1N room, um, oh, no. so it's appalling. But also appalling behaviour from some of the passengers as well, and this needs to stop, um, oh. especially if I'm on the train. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I think people need to have a word with themselves with regard to oh. behaviour and manners. Can you, can you give us some examples, Nev? Well, people pushing past me, ah. that are, oh. you know, half my oh, age. Oh, how dare Well, in some cases, uh, probably ten years older than me as well, so they, they need to have, oh, a, wow. a, have a word. Stone <laughs> um, word, yeah. Yeah, so uh, not, not very happy this week. Uh, sadly, as well, I was due to meet up with our uh, first officer, Sam, on uh, Thursday, uh, but sadly, he had a, a radar malfunction on his Aircraft, and apart from picking up a sort of three or four hour delay to begin with, then they <laughs> cancelled the flight altogether. So we weren't able to make a uh, meet up this time. But next time he's over, I'm sure we'll find a way of doing that. So uh, look forward to seeing you again, Sam. And uh, uh, sorry we couldn't make it this time round. Oh, indeed. A shame, Carlos, by the way, the picture that I've got behind me, are you able
1: to identify what it is? It's an aircraft. Very good. Well done. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Lockheed 12 Electra Junior, if anyone is interested. Very kindly sent to me by oh, Mr Warner. Where did you Warner. get that from, uh, oh. Mr. <laughs> Mr Warner? Absolutely. I I is it is, the is, Oracle? Is, is it is it a, a military aircraft in this case, or or has no. it, Oh, so he's actually he does occasionally take photographs of civvy stuff then. Very occasionally, it
0: is. It is lovely, though, isn't it? It, it is, yeah, a, a beautiful aircraft. day, as always. Lovely yeah. photograph. Anyway, there you go. That's
1: what's behind me. If anybody's interested,
0: <laughs> very good, very. I like that. Well, it is the beginning of the month. Uh, God blimey, we are into April now. It's the seventh of April today. Where did January, February, and March go? And it's that time of the uh, the month where we say a special thank you to some awesome people who help us push the show to where it goes every
2: week so nev who are we thanking this week yes here we are again with a fantastic list of people uh thank you very much for your patreon contributions uh, to sam dawson alex robinson dirk s sasha beer Stephen ivy uh, nick codling Louis Cachares, uh, alan white stephen howland tanya wymond uh, Nicholas Hewitt, uh, Masha Gertz, Ruben Wells, Neil Lanworn, Graham Haley, Jonathan Warner, Jordan Rose, Andrew Wilson, Captain Jeff, Adam Spink, Liz Piper, Jeff Ward, Jenny Parkinson, Evan Shu, Stuart Backer, Ray Williams, and Stephanie Plummer. And for those who donated by PayPal, it was Richard Adams, Lee Davis. Craig Yorosoko, Mazuz Karim, and Tony Stubbings. Thank you very much to all of you such a fantastic contribution which hel- helps us keep the show on the road as you mm. literally. It certainly
0: does and uh, you will be making sure that we put some great content out later this year. We um, heard this week uh, we have uh, been uh, given our press passes for the Cosford Air show in June uh, where me, Matt and Nev are heading off to uh, so we're going to be there in full full effects, aren't we with the cameras and all the rest of the stuff, and microphones and uh, hopefully, fingers crossed we should all being well have a special guest from the rf Cosford Air show on the show next week so make sure that you tune in next week for that so we're going to say a special thanks to everyone who's joined us in the chat room this evening we're going to see who was at the top of the list here Here we go hobby time hello to you dropped in there first in the list this week hello to hobby time uh neville bounds is in there well done Nev. good to see you in there uh lee davies hello to you he's i think i think he was in and he, he's not feeling too sharp so he had to um to disappear but uh, get better soon lee have another beer uh uh <laughs> blackhawk <laughs> i know it's the uh the 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 uh, uh what's it the uh passion of uh, what they call the um potion of kings there you, we go you're right there carlos i know i haven't had a beer yet either i know it's terrible uh UH Blackhawk, hello to you. Plane Safety Podcast. Uh Pip was in the back of a k- taxi earlier. Don't know where he is now. Uh Captain Al is also in there. Brilliant to see Captain Al in there. Really good to see you in there, uh Al. Uh We Arnie, must have him on again. We haven't
1: had him on for very, very long. We need I to put know.
0: that we need to put that right. Yes, Al, if you're listening, get in touch. <laughs> uh Arnie, hello to Arnie. He's also he's got no Starlink no more. He's got uh high speed fiber internet. Ooh, very exciting. Uh, Richard Adams, hello to you. He's got beer in hand. Uh, Cat Ridiculous Wits, hello to you. Tanya, hello to Tanya is in there as well. Dave W, good to see you in there as well. Uh, Cat, uh, uh, where are we? Uh, I'm, just, I'm sure I missed Micro Man, there we go. It's all going very well this evening. Micro Man, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like your, uh, your uh, reading of the... Uh, news yesterday on the show. Very now. good,
1: yes. yes. Anyway,
0: okay. rush over that. Nick Codling, are our new member of the team, Nick Codling's in there as well this week. He's, uh, he's been very busy this week, putting some, uh, putting some bits and pieces together for the show, so thanks to you, Nick. Our main man, Micah, wielding the blue spanner of doom, keeping uh, everyone all the bots out. Jenny in Rome. Hello to you, Jenny. Hope you've had some good weather uh, over there like we have here today. Uh, John is also in there. Hello, John and uh, good to see you in there as well. (laughs) You just said hello in our ears. (laughs) And Puebla Puebla Champ, hello to you as well. Beautifully pronounced, well done. I know, I know, I've done so well (laughs) at school. Uh, Mark Priestley, hello to Mark as well. (laughs) <laughs> no I didn't do no. I done German and French and failed miserably at I'd both. I done. I done it. Yeah, yeah. Grammar grammar is a strong point as well, is it Carlos? Uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How was the English? How did that do? <laughs> do you know what we we're going to we one day we're going to we're going to have um, we're going to have John on the show with a huge <laughs> a mask so obviously we can't see him and we're going to disguise his voice. Are we? And right. then and then we're going to get him to read the stories that that he puts in for us. With with the with the pronunciations you,
1: you're aware of you, you're aware of the fact i can say that the, you're aware that he's the only one that reads the show notes right and he's uh, also yeah. uh, much more multilingual than you or i will ever be so the chances of him actually getting them correct are probably great great higher than you or i <laughs> but anyway right we if go. we could
0: if we could just uh, as a french say bonjour now and move on uh thanks to everyone who's joined wow. us for the wow <laughs> thanks everyone who's joined us in the live chat room this evening wow. uh, don't forget if you're listening to this as an audio podcast as uh as <laughs> as nev did <laughs> early this week uh, don't forget yeah. to subscribe to our youtube channel just look for Plain talking uk and click the bell icon to be notified when matt is tapping very lightly the you go ne- live you next week. in the studio and that'll be me next week. Yeah, good luck. And
1: everything much. will just go. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll set it all up for you. Don't worry.
0: Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Time's ticking away. We've got loads of commercial news stories to get through this week. So if everyone is ready, yeah. let's go. The captain has turned on the seatbelt light. Please take your seats and fasten your <laughs> The first story for this week is on Flight Global. And uh, Boeing's delivering, well, Boeing's delivering one of their best airframes, I think, ever, apart from the 75, of course. But the 767 is uh, being delivered again. It's uh, restarted handovers after a pause due to quality issues affecting the commercial and military versions of the wide body jets. The U.S. manufacturer on the 5th of April confirmed its deliveries of the type were presumed, but did not provide additional information. Serum Fleet's data, however, shows that Boeing delivered a 767-300ER freighter to U.S. package delivery giant FedEx on the 24th of March. FedEx held unfiled orders for 27 767-300Fs at the end of uh, February this year and Boeing data shows the Boeing 767 delivery pause became evident early last month after the company said it was working to address what it called a quality issue, affecting its two remaining in production of the 767 variants. Those include cargo configured 767 300ER freighters and a 767 based KC 46 military refueling tanker. Though Boeing's standard process, a quality issue uh, was identified on some of the 767 and KC 46 tanker components. Who's got a little notification going off in my ear? It's the. That, sorry, it's uh, my end. Sorry, I'm dealing with it. And Boeing Commercial Airplanes chief executive Stan Deal said last week that the problem involved a paint adhesion issue. Have we heard this one before with Airbus and Qatar? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, prior to the recent 24th March delivery, Boeing had last delivered a 767 back in December 2022, also to FedEx, according to Boeing's data and the company is expected to to disclose its March aircraft order and delivery figures on the 11th of April. Now, Nev, this aircraft has been sort of around for some time now, isn't it? I think it's probably one of... um, is it with their best-selling wide body, whether it be this or the 777?
2: Yeah, well, difficult to say, isn't it, really? But, uh, no, I was always a big fan of the 767, Mm. uh, certainly as a passenger. Um, I mean, such a versatile aircraft. I mean, certainly BA used to use it on short-haul and and long-haul routes. Um, And, uh, yeah, although it was a paint issue, did you say? Um, Yeah, paint issue. By now, they've probably got the hang of... How to paint an aircraft? I would have thought so. but As
0: long as they didn't ask me to do it, that's fine. Well,
2: there you are, exactly. Um, but uh, no, great great aircraft, very versatile. And um, although this is obviously a freighter uh, version, uh, as a passenger, I always found the 7.6 a very comfortable mm. thing, I must say.
0: BA had these as well, you know, back in the day. They did, back in the yeah, day. Yeah.
2: And they used to use them on, uh, well, I've been on them london to edinburgh routes so i've been on them on london to amsterdam route so short really short haul stuff for, for high capacity but then of course uh, all the way across the pond um capable of going to the west coast of the us as well um so uh, yeah very very nice my nice machine and uh, a pity when they uh, finally retired them mm.
0: so matt you've got the next story all about ryanair and uh, they're happen- having to uh, dig deep into their uh...
1: Uh, oh dear! Oh dear! Uh, yes, it's on simple flying. This one, uh, it's Ryanair accepts it needs to pay more for Boeing for the Boeing 737 Max. Irish low-cost carrier Ryanair has restarted talks with Boeing for a new aircraft order after pulling the plug on decisions approximately two years ago due to the inflated aircraft prices and regular delays in aircraft deliveries. Ryanair has previously won, was previously one of Boeing's biggest airline customers with orders totaling over 200 for the Boeing 737 MAX 8-200 in 2020. Ryanair's chief Michael O'Leary had publicly criticized Boeing for, uh, in the past but has recently expressed dissatisfaction with Boeing's progress in clearing delivery backlogs. The potential for a new multi-billion dollar aircraft order for the Boeing 737 MAX 10 is on the horizon for Ryanair and talks could only go through if the airline chief accepts that the prices will be higher than what was paid last time round. O'Leary is cautious of what prices Boeing will negotiate as the primary issue is between choosing an order for more Boeing 737 MAX 8-200s and the bigger 737 MAX 10 which has an extra 30 seats. Uh, Concrete dealings are expected to be established towards the end of this year or early next year. O'Leary highlighted the importance of the aircraft order for Ryanair's growth strategy in a recent interview with Simple Flying. The airline aims to become the biggest airline in Europe by passenger numbers and the new order would play a key role in achieving this goal. Ryanair is considering a mix of new orders and leases with a preference for leasing due to its flexibility and current market uncertainty. The restart of talks with Boeing is a promising development for the aviation industry and could have significant implications for Ryanair's future growth plans. Hmm...
0: So, yeah looking at looking at the um, actually the Max 10 um yeah. is obviously the the largest one they're hoping to get this certified um by the end of this year and, and and delivered next year according to Boeing's website but actually the Max 10 in a single class layout can hold up to 232 passengers which is wow. not, which is actually not far off the 75 is it nev that's right sort of yes that's- yeah
2: God, that's a lot, isn't
1: that? That's <laughs> quite it's, yeah. And uh, you see, the the one thing that makes me super nervous about this. Um, uh, I mean, we've all been on Ryanair flights, probably except Nev, to be fair. Although one is on that's, the card. That's going to happen. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> can't um. wait for that.
1: Um, <laughs> I think one of the things that makes me a little bit nervous about this is their seat pitch, because. You know, I'm I'm quite a big guy, and with the current configuration, it is very difficult for me to get my knees behind the seat, and it's uh, and it's not even so much like my my physical size; it's more actually just my height. If you see what I mean, so well, the, you leg, wait the legs get get the legs in there, then. I know <laughs> that's what I'm so nervous about. There's going to be a bit of a challenge. It really is. You, you're not even going to be able to fit a warm panini
0: between your knee um, and the seat in front. No, and I, I can't think of any better way of keeping them warm, frankly. Oh, that isn't the truth. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> anyway, moving John's, on from John's warm horrified. paninis. Yeah. <laughs> Nev, you've got the next story. Oh, I'm thinking about food now. Oh, uh, Nev, you've got the next story, and uh, it's pretty bad no, dire this news. This is appalling. This, this is
2: disgusting. I'm just going to start off this story by saying, could I just say, folks, Aviation Heritage you can't rewind the tape once it's gone it's gone so you've got to hang on to it and this is a classic example coming up it's on the cornwalllive.com um and this is all about the cornwall aviation heritage center chac it's the only aerospace museum museum in the area they have been given notice to vacate Newquay Airport based by April the 11th, so that's just next week and the future of the £1 million planned relocation to the new site is in jeopardy. The museum's directors claim that the council has left plans for the new centre in tatters by not allowing them to continue trading until the end of the year, whilst Cornwall Council argues that the museum has had ample time since October 2021 to finalise plans to leave its current base. The council extended the centre's lease by a further 12 months in 2022 to the end of March 2023 to assist the centre. Cornwall Airport Newquay has a new tenant for the site, preventing public access and CHAC's ongoing operation. Now, the RAF has dismantled and removed two tornado jets, long part of the museum's display, as volunteers prepared to work over the Easter holiday weekend to move everything off of the site. Museum founder and co-director Richard Spencer Bree says without a place to store many of its thousands of exhibits, Items of historic importance will be lost forever. An online petition to save the Aviation Centre has attracted more than 42,000 signatures, stating that the CHAC, the only aerospace museum in Cornwall, Devon and Dorset, will have to close forever. Uh, Cornwall Council has argued that it has has done a lot to support the Aviation Museum providing support guidance and input on planning business plan development and application for future funding the council and Cornwall Airport Newquay have agreed to store several aircraft for free leaving the museum to remove their smaller items Cornwall Airport Newquay is currently subsidised by the Cornish taxpayer and cornwall council is committed to developing the airport in a way that minimizes this subsidy and continues to bring high value aerospace businesses to the region Uh, just on their facebook page um cornwall aviation heritage center says that they have received a devastating blow to its exciting plans to relocate to a new site cornwall council insists that the museum must vacate its current premises immediately even though the new site will not be ready for at least 12 to 18 months. This means that the museum's plans to relocate are in tatters. And immediately does mean immediately, because on the 4th of April, uh, just this week, the council formally advised CHAC it must clear the entire site and move thousands of valuable and vulnerable heritage exhibits by Tuesday the 11th, uh, which is this coming Tuesday. Otherwise, the council's agents will make arrangements for them to be disposed of. Wow. I can't even believe I'm reading that. Isn't that incredible? Now wow. there's obviously two sides to the story. Clearly, um, I mean,
1: forgive my 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 naivety here. Is there is there perhaps uh, you know are the council being um i mean i guess the question is are they being unreasonable or not i mean is it that they have genuinely given them enough time to move and i guess they just thought it wasn't going to happen they've buried their head in the sands maybe
2: i don't know i don't know and i don't know whether the council have moved the um goalposts at all here so i I don't actually know the story but Mm just reading the thing online uh, and the amount of people that are so cross about this. Mm. Um, So I I hope there's some kind of sensible pill that's being taken somewhere because Mm. we, we can't have a situation, regardless of the circumstances, where we've got the council saying if they've not moved out will arrange to di- uh, dispose of the exhibits uh, yeah that's
1: that's not that, a that's good way uh,
2: that is a step too far in anybody's language i would have said mr warner is <laughs>
1: saying in the chat room that uh, you know it really wound him up this story mark Priestley saying they don't care about our history surely it's uh, also about an education for the younger generations uh, which is a good good point well made. Richard Adams is saying, pity the local elections there aren't until after the closure. wonder if that is why they are rushing it. <laughs> All smells very corrupt, yeah. Richard Adams is saying. I mean, obviously we can't comment on that. Everybody's entitled to their opinions. I just personally find it very sad that um, a compromise... It feels like a compromise could so easily be reached here. Um, and I'm sure... <sighs> I'm sure there would be resources available to sort of help them with the move, if, if that were necessary, if you see what I mean. I, I well, do feel uh, they're being a bit sort of like strong-headed unnecessarily, perhaps. Well,
2: we don't know, do we? But these, these um, museums, as you know, Carlos, I mean, they're run... Uh, heavily by volunteers and people that aren't on the payroll so mm. you know that they're, they're putting in their own time and their own effort to save these things mm. we're not talking about cans of baked beans here that just can be relocated somewhere well, yes, else exactly. and we are talking aviation heritage and you know we've, we've got to preserve it uh, At any cost, I I would say, Um, even if there's some kind of compromise that that could be found here. But uh, I'm really hoping that on next week's show we we can report something more positive, because what I'm seeing here at the moment uh, is a very sort of fast-moving situation with... um, some unreasonableness to to put it very
1: mildly indeed you know indeed uh, we've got the, uh, the for those who are interested by the way in that or perhaps you want to find out a bit more information or perhaps you'd like to try and help them um if you go to change.org forward slash p forward slash save dash cornwall dash aviation dash Heritage dash center. I'll drop it in the show notes as well. Um, if you're, I think it's the petition, isn't it? The change.org, uh, to petition them to, to, to perhaps, as Steph says, take a bit of a, yeah. a sensible a, pill a, a, on a, this one. A, a, but, um,
2: a moving story, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, let, well, let's keep an eye on what's going to happen this mm-hmm. week because, um, uh, you, yeah. you can't just sort of move this stuff <laughs> somewhere else, can you? So. Yeah, indeed. Agreed. So, yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Warner makes a good point in the chat room. Uh, he says that Bruntingthorpe was a fine example of what happens when you can't raise £200,000 to move a VC10. Very good point, Jonathan. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Or at least one just of just the
2: freaking tri-stars.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, quite... Yeah. But at least I've got a piece of it in there. That's not that's fine.
1: Oh right. Oh well as long as
0: you yeah, as long as you've got a memento, that's the main thing. I've got a memento, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah. But no, no, I know. It's honestly what where what are we where are we gonna go next? What museum is is some council or ridiculous land grabby thing gonna do or ruin next for um mm-hmm. and plus a comment was made in the chat earlier, which is very true, which is about you know, how are we gonna educate the younger generation about, you know, the historic aircraft yeah. when you haven't haven't got any to show them apart from pictures
2: and most most pilots uh, that are flying today you know if you ask them you know how did they get interested in flying maybe their their mum or their dad were, were were flying for the airlines but so often you know it's because they've been to a museum and and they really you know, felt a connection with, with flying. And I think this kind of thing is just so important. So let's hope, as I say, during the week uh, coming, we're able to report some more positive news uh, on next week's show mm. about this. Yeah. Mm, fingers crossed. So
0: moving on to the next story, and uh, this is coming to us from Aerotime.aero. And it's a, well, it's a Boeing Max story. Well, We couldn't go a show without a max story eh? hey faa issues final rule ad to prevent potential 737 max fuel tank explosions oh blimey uh the federal aviation administration the faa in the u.s has issued an airworthiness directive uh, to boeing 737 max airplanes to prevent a fuel tank explosion effective from may the 10th 2023 The AD affects 62 planes registered in the US and the work to comply is expected to take airlines an average of 90 hours. The FAA system thereby preventing the fuel tank explosion which could cause a plane crash for, uh, for reported or exported 737 MAXs. The AD applies to all aircraft of the type with an original airworthiness certificate or expert, uh, export certificate of airworthiness issued on or before April 1st, 2021. Several airlines, including Boeing's uh, American Airlines and United Airlines provided comments about the AD to the FAA. American Airlines requested that provision to be added to reuse the sensors without buying new ones, Uh, the FAA agreed with this request. Uh, SIA engineering company asked the FAA to clarify which 737 MAX aircraft the directive applied to, and the regulator agreed to the request, adding that the AD does not apply to any aircraft of the type that has not been specified by the FAA. United Airlines asked the agency to include the cost and part availability for the NGS oxygen sensor. However, the FAA denied that request, citing the fact the AD requires operators to revise their existing maintenance or inspection programme. The Boeing 737 MAX model was grounded worldwide as we all know back in 2018 and 2019 after the crashes that killed 346 people. Uh, Boeing made significant changes to the software after these crashes and the FAA lifted the ban back in November 2020 which allowed airlines to resume flying the model. However, the FAA's airworthiness, Direct- airworthiness directive even uh, further affects the operation of the seven three seven Max. So it's mm. like it's, so. This this says that the airlines are kind of worried that it's going to cost them money to put these things put these things right.
1: Yeah, but see, I mean, the, the this is like um, th- this is like the MDAs in the medical world. It's like it's. It doesn't really matter how much it's going to cost. If there is a problem, there is a problem, and it needs to be solved. It, it's yeah, it's a, it's a bit like a like a product recall. I mean, I, I was uh, the, when I used to work for um, a company called MediQuip and we used to get MDAs about things like pipelines and stuff. And one of the big ones was that if the pipeline was more than five years old, you were legally obliged if it was flexible pipe to replace it basically. Um, and that, was, that wasn't open to negotiation. It, it, it just had to be done. Um, and, you know, they're sort of saying about uh, the operational costs of, of airlines and stuff, uh, as, you know, it, 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 it's almost irrelevant. It, it costs what it costs. It's got to be made safe, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, you kind of think that they would have got at least, a, you know, two or three year warranty with this. I mean, Kia give a seven year warranty with their cars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Main Man Micah is saying
1: that uh, most passengers and crew prefer not to have the fuel tank explode on them Very on an true. aircraft if
0: they are flying. I mean, that's, that's a fair point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what do you, you know, we're going to have to have a, an airline CEO on the show just to ask, you know, when you buy a new aircraft from Boeing or Airbus or whoever, you know, and something does go diddly screw after 10 minutes, You know, you obviously it's a new aircraft. You should have at least some form of warranty on the aircraft for the part so you don't have to pay to get it replaced or have something changed. I don't know. Perhaps it's different for aircraft than it is for cars. Indeed. Indeed. Now, Nev, you have got the next story, and it's, uh, it's over at an airport you're, you're very well used to uh, travelling from.
2: Well, yes, and I, I've not been there this week. cycles so, so reported firsthand, couldn't I, Victor? Uh, um, this is on theguardian.com. Uh, it says that Heathrow operating as normal uh, as 10-day strike by security staff begins. A stoppage by 1,400 members of the Unite Union, mainly affecting Terminal 5. And uh, that's due to last until Easter Sunday, so a few days' Ooh. time yet. Uh, Heathrow Airport says it was operating as normal as the first of 10 days of strike by those security staff got underway at the start of the Easter holiday period. Passengers have been warned of potential disruption as these uh, members of the Unite Union take industrial action over pay. However, Heathrow's uh, Chief Executive John Holland kay said passengers who were due to travel on Friday would get away the action primarily affects Terminal 5, which is used exclusively by British Airways. Uh, When the strike was called, BA cancelled more than 300 flights for the 10-day period until Easter Sunday to help manage the impact. Uh, The airline said that the cancellations were for short-haul flights on high-frequency routes and that passengers who were most affected would fly within 24 hours of their original booking. Uh, Speaking in Terminal 5 to Sky News on Friday morning, John Holland Kay said, you'll see it's operating as normal. We have a lot of colleagues who have come to help us out today both security officers officers and managers who are helping out in their purple shirts like me why is that relevant I don't know (laughs) Uh, but we also have some (laughs) other agency third-party workers who have come to help us who are very experienced in this kind of security environment and they're keeping the airport running smoothly so Heathrow is operating as normal if you're traveling over the Easter period don't worry you'll have a good journey a spokesperson said security lanes were flowing freely and that contingency plans were working well. A total of about 1,000 extra staff have been drafted in and Unite members in the airport's campus security, also check freight, were also on strike. Last talks to avert the strike broke down on Thursday without Heathrow improving its pay offer. The company has offered a 10% rise after years of pay freezes. Uh, Unite's General Secretary Sharon Graham said that Heathrow could afford more. In recent years, it's approved an astronomical rise in salary for its chief executive and paid out dividends to shareholders worth billions. Yet somehow, Heathrow executives seem to think it's acceptable to offer what amounts to a real-terms pay cut so it's security guards and ground staff who are already on poverty pay, she says. Uh, during the Easter getaway last year, there were long queues at Heathrow and uh, elsewhere as airports struggled to recruit staff to cope with the demand for international travel after most COVID restrictions were lifted. It's, <laughs> it seems that we don't have a, uh, an Easter in this country where we haven't got mm. the headlines of Easter travel getaway chaos. But there's been I must no catch at Heathrow, despite the, the warnings. Um, uh, so that's interesting. Yeah, Richard Adams
1: is saying uh, normal equals with strikes the last few years, it seems, <laughs> as yeah. as you say. Uh, I mean, it's been, it's been a bit of a challenging um, time for people travelling by ferry as well, I noticed. There's been massive delays in Calais and things like that. It's, um, yeah. Mm. Trains, the planes, mm. the if ferries. To over Easter, how, how surprising has, has that ever mm. happened before? yeah what is the solution though nev come on you're
0: good at these sort of things get a taxi
2: (laughs) Uh, oh well i i i've as always i offer you know uh, the 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 solution for for this sort of situation um bearing in mind that airport revenue has been seriously affected over Mm. the last three years because of the pandemic um clearly they're trying to get you know back into some sort of sense of order and certainly looking at some of the british airways fares that have been going around uh certainly well probably last year actually not so much this year uh mm. there were some extremely expensive flights just for short short haul stuff so yeah. i mean again the airlines need the revenue the the airport needs the revenue from the airlines all the flights that I've been on have been fully booked, whether it's been uh, short haul or medium haul stuff that I've been travelling on recently. Mm. So there's, there's no shortage of customers for all this. No shortage of interest, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. But mm. yeah, it's always, um, you know, uh, uh, to do with pay. If it's to do with pay, then there's always a discussion about it, isn't there? Because yeah, clearly yeah. people's pay uh, will not have kept up with, imp- uh, with inflation under these no, circumstances. Indeed. You know. indeed. Indeed.
0: No, Nev, we're making you work for your salary this week.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Because the next story is yours.
2: We're going back to Gibraltar, which I like doing a lot. And Quite. it's great news because uh, on the avi- uh, aviation source uh, news.com, uh, it says that British Airways have increased the flight frequency on their London Heathrow service to Gibraltar on certain weekends uh, during this summer. It's the first time ever that Gibraltar have, will have had three flights to Heathrow on the same day. There'll be three on Saturdays in April, uh, two in May, two in June, two in July, four in August, five in September, and four in October. Great news, Minister for Business and Tourism, uh, Hon VJ, uh, sorry, um, Darayani, uh says this is welcome news for overnight tourism uh, and uh, hotels and Gibraltar PLC on the whole. The airline industry is extremely challenging and competitive, and I've been asking British Airways to increase flights as they've as they've been busy on most days so i'm glad to see that these extra flights are available and they're going to materialize this is the first time ever that we've had to have three flights to heathrow on the same day and i hope we can continue to convince uh, the operators uh, to increase capacity to gibraltar in the future um bit of a history lesson about uh, gibraltar airport actually the history of air travel between the uk and gibraltar dates back to the early days of aviation in the 1920s uh, gibraltar's strategic location at the entrance to the Mediterranean route made it an important hub for air travel and communication with the British Empire uh, in the post war era air travel between the UK and Gibraltar continued to grow and in 1949 BEA introduced a new route linking London via Lisbon and this route proved popular with both business and leisure travellers and BEA operated regular flights until the airline was merged with British Airways in 1974. Uh, In the 60s and 70s air travel to Gibraltar faced a number of challenges due to the the political situation in the region. Spain of course which claimed sovereignty over Gibraltar imposed restrictions on air travel to the territory, leading to uh, disruption and delays for travellers. Well, despite these challenges, air travel between the UK and Gibraltar continued to grow in the 1980s and 1990s. And in 1987, uh, Gibraltar Airport opened a new terminal building which improved the airport's capacity and passenger sp- experience. I thought it was late in '87. I thought that was. A bit later than that, anyway. Um, today, several airlines, including BA, EasyJet and Wizz Air, operate regular flights from the UK, connecting the territory to destinations across Europe and beyond. And of course, they've now got their new tunnel open, uh, so you don't necessarily have to go across the runway anymore. Although I did notice during the week that, the, that some tunnel failure or barrier problem caused them to close it briefly, so the cars had to go back across the runway. I don't know what they used to do, but a bit of teething trouble there. A bit of, you know.
0: Now I, I just had a little look, Nev. Mm. I thought I'd uh, see what it would cost us to go out to Gibraltar just for an extended weekend, kind of Saturday to a Monday kind of affair in April, and return flights. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Nev, but this is in in um, economy. Uh, but return flights uh, come in at 200 quid. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah, that's with just hand luggage, though. That is just hand luggage. Yes. Um, but if you want to, you know, if you take a hand luggage bag out, just uh, a sort of weekend clothes over, yeah, a couple hundred quid for flights to uh, to Gibraltar with BA, which mm. I, think is, I think is very reasonable, actually.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's great, great stuff. And uh, the only thing that Gibraltar does suffer from is, um, well, two things. If the weather's a bit difficult, then you're off to Malaga and you're on the coach. Uh, for a couple of hours coming back and if the aircraft can't land but um, there's a distinct lack of hotels uh, on the rock as well so I, I think that they're looking to build more hotel facilities for, for overnight stays and what have you there but apart from that it's a good place to be and uh, you're guaranteed some very nice weather even very late into the year so I've been there around the time of my birthday at the start of November and it's still been 24 degrees which has been uh, mm very nice indeed so yeah there you go
0: so moving on to the next story and simple flying is uh, this next one it's uh, american airlines flight attendants endorse protection from abusive passengers act something i think this should have been done years ago The American Airlines Association of Professional Flight Attendants, or APFA, has announced its support for the Bipartisan Protection from Abusive Passengers Act recently introduced into Congress. The legislation would establish a national no-fly list for individuals convicted or fined of assaulting or intimidating aircraft crew or security personnel, extending to the TSA's airport pre-check and global entry programmes. The bill faced objections from civil liberties advocators who compared it to the pre-existing FBI no-fly list. However, with over 2,300 air rage incidents recorded back in 2022 alone, the bill's aims to ensure the safety of airline employees and passengers in flight. Uh, AFPA joins other unions like the Transport Workers' Union of America, or TWU, and Association of Flight Attendants, CWA, in publicly backing the policy. AFPA's endorsement follows several high-profile air rage incidents over the past few years, including a recent attack on a cabin crew member by a passenger on an American Airlines flight from Miami to London Heathrow. The assault was just one of over 823 jesus 823 severe events uh, referred uh, for individual investigation the proposed no-fly list would hold individuals accountable and protect airline crew and passengers across the industry while some civil liberties advocators have objected to the bill the continued rise in air rage incidents has prompted the need for additional safety measures for the airline employees and passengers The Protection from Abusive Passengers Act, if passed, will ensure that individuals convicted or fined uh, for insulting or intimidating aircraft crew or security personnel are barred from commercial air travel within the United States. Uh, The establishment of a no-fly list would hold offenders accountable and help ensure the safety of employees and passengers across the industry. The assault came just after days after sentencing, sentencing of another rowdy American Airlines passenger who was given a two-year probationary re- uh, following an altercation with a passenger and four flight crew members on board a domestic flight from dallas Worth to LA back in February 2021. Enrique's attacker was handed a similar punishment and given just two years of community service and a fine. Uh, and the passenger was not placed on a no-fly list or barred from future travel. Well,
2: it's about time, I will say. Oh, well, yes, but the problem is, as as Mark Priestley points out in the uh, the chat room, uh, one word: jail and very heavy fines. There's just not enough. Uh, well, there's, there's not enough, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, uh, facility in the system for dealing with these situations. It's unbelievable, mm. isn't it, the number of uh, air rage incidents. Uh, 2300 took place in 2022, um, and I think that, you know, i either... It, we've, we've got to have a situation here where the the, the punishment uh is appropriate to the crime and um, and it's way way short of that isn't it and it has been for a long time
0: yeah we need that uh airlock nev at the rear of the aircraft yeah, i think
2: absolutely hmm. the word i was looking for was deterrent yes yeah the english language sorry uh, r-
1: Ah, uh, May man, Micah is saying. By the way, I believe that it, that it is uh, a necessity. Uh, it's a necessary thing, and should be, there should be no exceptions to it. If a passenger causes the commotion on an aircraft, um, uh, you know, no excuses, as you say, Nev. There,
0: absolutely not. And also, the problem is as well. They fine they find a lot of these people massive amounts of money, but I bet you they ne- they never pay it. I bet you know there there are not many that pay the entire fine back because people can't pay the the fines so they they obviously i think some of them do get let off which i think you should be made to pay it out of your wages
1: neil lamward is saying hypothetical here uh what about someone who takes an ambien uh has a bad
2: reaction and acts out because of that no mercy whatsoever no i think again people have to look at these situations on an individual case Mm. Um, and when it comes to the inquiry uh, and and the interview and all the rest of it, then clearly there are going to be exceptions to, to those situations. Totally get that, Neil. Not a problem with that at all. But in general terms, if you look at the amount of disturbance that has gone on on aircraft, a large proportion of it has been due to alcohol and a large proportion of it has been due to poor Passenger attitude.
3: Mm.
0: Indeed. So moving on to the last commercial story for this week and uh special one. Uh oh, we've got more. Oh, we've got more apparently according to John. Need to refresh these notes on my one note. What's he added in here? Oh dear.
1: okay yes yeah, so yeah I, I mate, will, you've got the next yeah, one okay all right i shall launch off sorry they're, they're having a conversation between themselves here uh yes uh, take a look uh, at this one this is on ndtv this is the story uh, if you were with us just before we started to show this is the story that was making me feel quite uncomfortable ndtv.com uh is the website that this is from and the headline cobra rears its head pilot holds his nerve and makes a safe emergency landing. This is literally making my skin crawl, just like like reading this. Um, South African pilot Rudolf um, Erasmus uh, has been lauded by flight experts for a safe emergency landing after a highly venomous Cape Cobra reared its head in the cockpit mid-flight. Erasmus, who has been flying for the past five years, maintained his nerve as the Cobra slid back under his seat as soon as he saw it. He was flying a small aircraft with four passengers on Monday morning from Worcester to Nelspred. Uh, Emmaus explained his dilemma to the website Time Live. When we did the pre-flight procedure on Monday morning, the people at Worcester Airfield told us that there'd been a Cape Cobra lying underneath the wing on Sunday afternoon. They tried to catch it themselves, but unfortunately it sought refuge inside the engine cowlings. The group opened the cowlings, but the snake was not. Not there so they assumed that it had slithered away he said um i usually travel with a water b- oh, uh, i usually travel with a water bottle that i lodge between my legs and my hip towards the sidewall of the aircraft when i felt this cold sensation where my love handles are <laughs> I thought my bottle was dripping. As I turned to my left and looked down I saw the cobra poking its head back underneath my seat Erasmus said. He said that for a moment he was stunned silent. I had a moment of stunned silence not sure if I should tell the passengers because I didn't want to cause a panic but obviously they needed to know at some point what was going on he said. I just said listen there's a problem the uh the snake is inside the aircraft I've got a feeling it's under my seat so we are going to have to get the plane on the ground as soon as possible he said the flight was close to the airport at welcome so erasmus er- declared an emergency with the control tower at johannesburg yeah i can imagine uh, i told them that i had an unwelcomed passenger on board as soon as the aircraft came to a stop we started getting out the three passengers in the back became uh, came out first and then the one sitting in the front with me uh, erasmus says i got out last as i rolled the seat forward and saw it curled underneath my seat Uh, we contacted a few people around trying to get some snake handlers but by the time they had arrived it had disappeared inside the aircraft again Engineers stripped parts of the plane in an attempt to find the snake, but were unsuccessful. By the time night fell, when they decided to continue the next morning, they also left some maize meal around the plane to see if the cobra had perhaps slithered out during the night. But this was still undisturbed. But uh, but this was still undisturbed by next morning. Erasmus said they are hoping it found its way out earlier uh, while they were waiting for the engineers now i don't know about you but the chances of me getting back in that aircraft and flying it somewhere are are zero basically absolute zero
0: the story says that no one saw it leave the plane so it (laughs) well this is the problem
1: we had before isn't it that's essentially the problem that was there before is that nobody knew um
2: no oh god the only thing i would say about this is that um uh, I'm not an expert in snake management whatsoever. And <laughs> right. When you mentioned Cobra, I was uh, thinking about a, a beer. nice beer at my local Indian. Right. Uh, okay. But And again, I'm not criticizing the captain because I wouldn't know what to have done in the same no. circumstances. But do you think it might have been better had he not mentioned the fact that they had a snake on board the plane, or it, if I misunderstood the story slightly? I was getting the impression that he had mentioned to the passengers that the, because they have this unwelcome visitor on the aircraft, they had to land uh, quite sharpish. But maybe it would have been better not to have mentioned what it was, or, or didn't he mention what it was? I, I couldn't really get that from the story. But um, mm.
3: no.
0: I think
1: he
3: just no, said they'd um, had a
0: problem, didn't I? I don't think he went into details
3: no, about what okay. it
0: was. Um, Yeah, a big problem. mm. (laughs) I remember remember seeing these things, uh, blimey, years ago when when I we used to have our family holidays to Tunisia. um, When they used to have those, you know, the snake charmer guys. Do you remember them? Nev back in the days, and the uh, you know the snake charmers, and these massive cobras. And blimey, haven't I mean that's it. That's probably the weight of someone on the plane anyway, having having that the cobra on there. They're quite. Mm. They're not. They're not like a little tiny you know grass snake they are a fairly decent size um snake but um i mean that must. the have... good thing is everyone got off
1: i just can't i just, i can't get my head around it i
0: literally it is literally my idea of oh i um, i don't think do you know what, i don't think i'll be that bothered about the snake i would be slightly more concerned if it was a spider uh, R- right would mm. you Okay,
1: uh, I mean, I have to say, I would scream like a small girl if there was a, something like so that, that. Like, so it would be you can the... imagine that. You can imagine that on liveatc.net. Yeah, quite absolutely. I mean, it, if, if you know, if they heard it, all it would be would just be it would just be a high pitched squeal. That's all they would hear if they opened the the channel and one of those was in front of me. Uh, no, no, absolutely not. Has,
0: has someone left their ELT on? It's just a.
1: Yeah, absolutely, just to yeah, no, no, just no, but as I say, weirdly, so here in the UK, this story was actually covered on our national news service, Sky News, uh, and I was on the radio when this story was announced, and it was just, as I say, it completely put me off the rest of the the, the programme, uh, that last hour of the Home Run on Thursday was a bit of a challenge there, because it was just like, no, just no. <laughs> No, Matt, Matt,
0: no. Matt, 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 Matt. You've got, you've got to read Nick Codling's, um comment in the chat room. Okay, right. Uh, hopefully, John will pop it up for me.
1: Um, and he's saying, "Spider or a scorpion, and I'd have been taking my chances with the parachute." Yes, true, <laughs> true. Very good point. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, not I'm a person
2: out. Try to jump out of a perfectly serviceable aircraft. Obviously. No, yeah.
1: <laughs> would you? What about? I mean, Nev, because you, you're sort of calling cool a crisis. I mean, what, what would your reaction to this be? no i'm not
2: snakes are not my forte. Uh, <laughs> right spiders almost anything else but snakes is just it's just not my thing just
1: no no absolutely you, you wouldn't you, the be the fastest keen, route out there keen
2: to get the thing on the ground yeah so. yeah
1: get away from it yeah absolutely i mean in some respects we're quite lucky here i mean the the, the snake seems to have been quite calm here uh, as well oh weirdly. yeah he was sitting there under the
0: seat with a cigar you know well yeah absolutely
1: yeah it's uh not quite uh yeah seat 1a <laughs> by any chance That's like, sitting under nev's seat i think is oh, the, quite, <laughs> yeah. there's there's a terrifying thought indeed oh well we could go on, right, and on about that we better move on because <laughs> I, I really don't feel well now
0: i'm
2: not gonna lie Nev. i don't
0: feel well Nev, Nev, put your snakes away and uh, do this next story.
2: Yes. Now, this is an interesting one, I think. It's from thepointsguide.com. I have to say, I do recommend his uh, website. It's very interesting, some of the stuff he comes up with. Uh, And it says that uh, Google Flights pilot new program that provides refunds if the airfare price drops after you book. Well, there's an odd science in nabbing the perfect fare do you wait to see if the price will drop do you book on a tuesday instead of a friday or do you book whatever flight you want and hope you don't see a lower fare once it's too late google flights is trying to simplify that nerve-wracking process of finding the lowest fare with its new price guarantee program uh, starting on april the 3rd so just uh, april 3rd just gone uh, google says it would pilot a program to monitor fares even after customers book their flights if it happens to find a lower price customers can receive a refund for the difference only flights departing from the us are eligible for the program when an eligible flight is displayed a colorful price guarantee badge will pop up uh, this means that google flights is willing to put its money where its mouth is by guaranteeing that the fare won't decrease or your money back Uh, The programme is still in its early testing stages, not surprisingly, uh, so it's not easy to find a route on Google flights with a price guarantee, to say the least. Uh, they tested more than 100 different routes and dates on Google Flights, and not a single one displayed the price guarantee badge. Uh, a Google spokesman told uh, the Points Guy that it's too early to tell if the program will become a permanent feature, uh, permanent fixture, sorry, on uh, Google Flights. Well, assuming you find an eligible flight with a price guarantee badge, there is also caveats you must book directly on google flights not click through to the airline site and you won't be eligible for a refund if the fare difference is five dollars or less you can only receive up to five hundred dollars in refunds in one calendar year and if you cancel a trip you won't be eligible for a refund either Uh, after you book your flights google will track prices to see if there are any changes if the fare for your itinerary drops Google will send you an email alerting you of the price change. Can anyone see any uh, difficulty with this system at (laughs) all? No, Uh, not at all. (laughs) Oh dear! First thing I have to tell you: prices do not go down ever, or hardly ever. Um, You know, when when you start mucking about with prices, especially as you get closer to the date of your departure, that price is not going to go down. Yeah. Definitely, it's a a
1: common thing isn't it it's it's one of those sort of yeah i i don't know it's i mean sometimes i mean you do get it in rail travel don't you sometimes where it's like if you if you order if you try to get a ticket early doors then it is quite expensive but then there's like that for me in my experience like and it's i I, i've had the similar experience with ryanair it'll be quite you know it'll be like say let's say i don't know a flight is 75 pounds something like that and then there'll be this magical window um where it is probably you know where it'll go down like 20 or 30 pounds um for like a week or something like that and then it'll go back to either the rate it was before and then they're much much higher so i have
2: seen where it's fluctuated but Now, I mean, hotels are slightly different, I think, because sometimes Mm. I've done it, certainly. Um, I've looked up a a new booking, uh, and then closer to the time when I'm staying there, I've noticed that the price has dropped. So I've actually cancelled the original booking and then gone with a newer ah. saving you know 50 quid or, or whatever it was. That doesn't happen in the airline world, in my experience. No. Um, but you know, let's let, let's see. And if they can make it work it becomes a popular thing, but it's only for US mm. flying by the looks of things at the moment, let, let's see what happens. But uh, mm. I, I'm not holding out a lot of um a lot of confidence in this at all. But uh, you know, I, I you know i stand to be corrected hopefully i think is the answer we're looking for hopefully we'll see
1: it uh, do that um uh, john is actually saying a lot of the price fluctuations depend on the model that's used to price the tickets low cost re- use really uh, use really dynamic systems so it tends to happen more with them with the low cost models over anything else but um yeah there we go we'll see we'll see uh, I hope it works because that would be fun for everyone. Let's be honest.
2: Yes. Uh, by the way, we're talking of Ryanair uh, briefly earlier on. Um, I've not uh, booked my Ryanair flight yet because mm. um, I'm waiting to see uh, what what the business class section is going to be like and and what the Ryanair lounge like. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, on Ryanair got to review that. Yeah, yeah. So, R- um, Ryanair. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that obviously. R- Ryanair.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay
1: oh uh, poppy cat's come to join you i see yeah, yeah,
0: she's, yeah she's very uh, she's relaxed joined... yeah this, this, is, this is this is her sleep and domain she's wondering is why it? i'm here oh, yes
1: how dare you disturb her i know yeah <laughs> absolutely. indeed.
0: so last story in the commercial section this week from the irish com, and it's a uh, jet return as tourist attraction 40 years after emergency landing on cork racetrack oh Really? So a jet that made an international uh, headlines following an emergency landing at an Irish Towns racecourse 40 years ago sets, uh, looks set to return there permanently while the late pilots ashes are to be scattered over the track. Captain Reuben O'Connor became an overnight celebrity when he landed a Gulfstream 2 jet on Mallow Racecourse in County Cork in April 1983. It's just as well he spotted the race course as the jet had just three minutes of fuel left. Locals made such a fuss of Okana that he felt it was a good second oh was a second home, returning there with his family on some occasions. Ocana, a Mexican, died in twen- uh, 2009, uh, and, uh, and around 30 members of, of his family are coming from Mexico and Spain to Malo on the 21st of April and the 22nd to attend a new festival named in his honour, called OcanaFest, and scatter his ashes on the racecourse. Dignitaries from Mexican embassies in Dublin and London are also attending. And Akana spent six weeks in Mallow as a special runway was built to allow him to take off again. One of the leading uh, lights behind a new festival, uh, Hibernian hotel owner Kevin Owens, decided it would be great to track down the aircraft and bring it back to the town as a permanent reminder of the incident. Two months ago, Kevin, who's 33, and his brother-in-law Michael Burke started research and tracked the jet to an airfield in Michigan USA, he said we're going to have to dismantle it to bring it back here and reassemble it it'll be a six to eight month project he said well i'm currently taking or talking to a company called worldwide aircraft who specialize in this kind of thing he said he acknowledges the project isn't going to be cheap but he's prepared to put up a large sum of money himself and is confident uh, of getting the corporate sponsorship to bridge any gap He also said, we are yet to find a suitable site for it in Mallow, but when we do, we believe believe it will be a massive tourist attraction, he said. The festival highlights include horse racing, aerobatic shows, a drone display at the race course, plus Mexican-themed children's workshops, musical performances, and culinary treats in the town. Cork Council is the latest organisation to provide sponsorship for the festival after the uh, Finne. Gail Councillor Tony O'Shea won approval for colleagues for the move. He said hopefully it will become a permanent Angle fixture and it will be great for tourism, he said. Well, I hope they get this over there. What a nice idea. And I can't believe, do you know, I, of all the stories, I cannot remember this one from 1983. No. I, bet, I bet this made must have made fairly big news.
2: Yeah, oh, I've, right. I've been to Mallow uh, previously as well. And uh, Richard Adams says in the chat room, uh, Mallow's a lovely town with a very large number of pubs. Oh, amen. Uh, <laughs> that's what we like. I mean. You have my full support. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's that great. What a great piece of news that is. Yeah, it is a nice like story to end on. Absolutely. Yeah. Indeed.
0: So, moving on to the next part of the show, it is the caption this just for fun part of the show, where every Wednesday on our social media page, on Facebook, we post a picture for you to leave your wittiest comments on. And it's safe to say, Mr Bones, again this week, this proved
2: to be quite a popular um, picture. Oh, it is. And uh, lots of people that we've not heard from before, actually, making contributions, uh, which is uh, really great news. So uh, uh, shall we tell folks what what the picture is uh, this week? yes uh, it's a um an airman i would say uh trying to op- operate a very large uh, paper plane um, <laughs> and i hope he's gonna have to get up some speed in order to get to a rotation speed with that i would say but uh so yeah there's been no shortage of contributions from our listeners and viewers uh, with uh, with suggestions uh, of what the caption might be this week so Nicholas kicks things
0: off with Carlos's late. Oh, I love it when they just bring me into the fold. <laughs> Carlos's <laughs> latest attempt to boost the hours in his logbook had his flying Cub members
2: a little bemused. <laughs> uh, Indeed. Uh, Jonathan says uh, after retiring the Hawks earlier than anticipated and no replacement on the horizon, the red, allo- red arrows have had to get creative. Mm, right stephen one.
1: says the attachment i forgot on an important email <laughs> oh, how many right times right have
2: we one. done that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: uh john says uh, is that our john i don't know it could be our john uh that is not what i meant when i said you have to have the no
2: tams on the top of your head before you can fly <laughs> <laughs> uh jenny says oh notices the sign on the door uh i am driving slowly Where's the horn?
1: (laughs) Stuart says, the new PTUK umbrellas are really taking off. Oh, blimey. Let's add those (laughs) to the shop, shall we? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need need some umbrellas now. New merch, new
0: merch. We'll we'll sell out in the (laughs) UK. (laughs) UK purchasing is only, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, James says, the new G7 private jet made with all recycled and eco-friendly materials and the best
2: of all, it runs on wind power. Zero (laughs) emissions. Beat that. <laughs> uh, Stuart says, after failing to nail down engine suppliers, boom, reveal their new engineless paper composite design. <laughs> <laughs>
1: David. It could take off. Yeah, well, quite, oh, dear. Uh, David says, the RAAF, that's so presumably the Royal Australian Air Force, is testing its new prototype umbrella. <laughs> There's two shout outs for an umbrella now. It's obviously yeah. proving popular.
0: Yes. <laughs> Stuart says, Are you sure an old RB
2: 211 will fit on here, John? <laughs> <laughs> Steve says, Those magnificent men in their flying, flying machine. Oh, you didn't yes. sing it. I'm very disappointed. Oh.
1: <laughs> Simon says, Boeing's attempt of supersonic aircraft going through vigorous testing.
0: <laughs> uh, Neil uh, says, I was going to make a joke about paper aeroplanes, but decided it was terrible.
2: Oh. oh. Right. Wow. Uh, Steve says it'll never reach V1 if it has to drive slowly and, and sound all which <laughs> is what it, uh, the, uh, the the thing says behind it
1: <laughs> And Ooh. finally, Elliot's Elliot says, "Looks like NATO is on the brink of their budget introducing the all new Origami 35." Oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. What
2: well, have we got any in the chat room? Oh, yes. The, yeah, let's have a look. No shortage of stuff there. Uh, Richard Adams says uh, RAF's uh, new White Arrows display team has a very uh, stringent selection process. <laughs> uh, Cap
0: Ridiculous Wits says... <laughs> Cap Ridiculous Wits, you're such a legend, you are. Amando's latest type rating, it's not a piper... It's a paper. See what he did there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> uh, what else have we got, John? Pop it up on the screen for me, and I'll read it. Uh, Mark Priestley says we need to get aircraft to Ukraine ASAP. <clears throat> uh, uh, uh Blackhawk says it's not a matter of grip. <laughs> uh, Paul T says Olive Wright was left disappointed. Oh, sorry all Orville sorry Orville Wright was left disappointed when his brother dismissed his attempts to fly
2: <laughs> and uh, yes, you UH Blackhawk also says Ryanair seat 1a oh lovely you look forward to that Nev you'll um, really I can't enjoy can't that wait. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah absolutely exactly. Mark Priestley says cutbacks to the extreme in fuel saving <laughs> It's uh, safe to say that, that that was a good one. This that was a popular one this yeah, week. So, indeed. thanks to everyone who uh contributed to the comments on there this week. Uh, and don't forget to keep your eyes on our social media uh Facebook page next Wednesday when we'll pop another picture up on there for you to all leave your witty comments on. So, moving on, moving on to Nev's favorite part of the show, oh. it, it is, of course, <laughs> the military.
3: 13550 angels sixteen three
0: four zero. okay and the first story in the military news this week, thanks to Armando, uh, comes from thedrive.com, and uh, new carrier-based drones will be able to be controlled by the Air Force. Well, I hope so. I mean, you don't want them controlled by anyone else, do you? Uh, in a future fight, uh, a future fight, control of advanced drones belonging to the US and Navy and US Air Force could be passed. Back and forth uh, between assets from either service as the situation demands uncrewed platforms are set to make uh, up the majority of the navy's future carrier air wings with up to 60 percent of aircraft on each flat top eventually being pilotless navy rear admiral andrew bucket louisiel provided details on the Service Advanced Aviation Plans, including new drones and sixth-generation crewed stealth combat jets, and cooperation with the Air Force on these efforts during a panel discussion this week at the Navy League's annual Sea Airspace Conference and Exhibition. These efforts are part of the Service's broader Next Generation Air Dominance Program, or NGAD, uh, that you learn about here, he said. Uh, Lozell is currently the director of the Air Warfare Division and also referred to as N-98 with the Office of the National Naval Operations. The MQ-25 Stingray is an uncrewed tanker aircraft with a secondary intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance capability that the Navy has been developing for years. The Air Force is still very much refining its CAA fleet structure plans, which could grow to include an even larger total of CAAs, with different types geared towards different mission sets. It's also still figuring out how it intends to deploy them and employ them and the navy appears to be doing much of the same in increasing close coordination with the air force the navy has previously said that the mq-25 would be deployed first on the nimitz the class carriers of the uss uh, the dwight d eisenhower and the uss george hw bush and the latter ship has been actively used for testing that drone It was announced last year the plans had changed and that the USS Theodore Roosevelt and another Nimitz-class ship would be the first to host a Stingray. The expectation is the future uh, uh, CCAs would also be able to be controlled by various aircraft in the course of operations. The Navy has uh, specifically said in the past that one of the core missions for its future 6th generation crew combat jets, also referred to as F-A-X-X, will be acting as quarterback for the drones. The Navy and the Air Force being able to readily exchange control of future drones will be key to ensuring operational flexibility. During the panel discussion yesterday or this week, our Rear Admiral Luerz L. outlined a broader future naval vision where his capability or the capabilities could be particularly uh, valuable. The Navy has been publicly talking about this goal for air carrier wings to become 60% uncrewed since at least 2021. Well, now we're going to get to a stage where there'll be no more pilots, everything will be flying around the sky completely unmanned. And um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what a sad world that'll be. Yes. I know. I know. But
2: you know. Uh. Yes. No, Nev, you got the next one? This is a good bit of news. Uh, it's on the warbirdsnews.com uh, website and tomorrow is the opening of the Cywell Aviation Museum. It's a charming uh, volunteer-run organisation based at Cywell Aerodrome, uh, which actually where um, Pilot Pip has flown out of, uh, I seem to remember. It's uh, formerly RAF Sywell in Northamptonshire. In fact, one of my uh, industry colleagues, Ian, used to do Aerobatics with his pits special uh, out of RAF cywell if I recall, recall correctly. Uh, they're going to be holding the uh, the grand opening tomorrow uh, for the 2023 season, um, and their announcement says as follows: This small, fr- uh, family friendly event has been described as a village fete with jeeps. And we certainly agree with that. Uh, you should expect a good turnout of reenactors and military vehicles, and maybe some visiting airplanes. Uh, they are, uh, are a small local event and a cracking free day out, and it's free. Donations are very welcome, though. Please note if you'd like to bring your military or classic vehicle, you must book in advance, and please email Museum at gmail dot com. Probably a bit late for that, as it's tomorrow. But you know, see, see what you can do. Um, they have confer- uh, Uncle. Funny, called Uncle Pete has confirmed. He's bringing his lovely North American P fifty one D to the museum grand opening tomorrow. Uh, whilst Pete is back to see us. It's been one of his Spitfires or his P-40, so it would be nice to see him back in the Cadillac of the skies. Uh, the Cywil Aviation Museum is a voluntary non-profit making organisation which aims to preserve the history of Cywil a- uh, Aerodrome and Northamptonshire's rich aviation heritage from the early days of aviation to the Second World War and beyond. Cornwall Council, take note. Um, The Cywil Aviation Museum um, began life in 1998 and the museum building was opened in 2001 by the legendary aviator Alex Henshaw MBE, who was also their honorary president. Alex flew from Cywil regularly during the Second World War, air testing Vickers Wellingtons from the aerodrome. So they're honoured that he's agreed to launch their small museum. Uh, The museum originally consisted of three Nissan huts dismantled at the now closed RAF Bentwaters and erected on site at Sywell. The buildings themselves are artefacts having been used as uh, bomb fusing sheds at Bentwaters, by the USAAF during World War II. Uh, the museum has expanded in uh, 2010 and 2011 by the addition of two new, new Nissen huts formerly uh, prisoner of war camp huts from Snape Farm Derbyshire. The first hut which opened in uh, Due, uh, sorry, Easter 20, uh, 2011, was named the Paul Morgan Hall and houses the museum's cockpit collection and a uh, complete World War II link trainer. The second hall, which opened in Easter 2012, includes an expanded USAAF hall and a new Prisoner of War Luft, uh, Luftwaffe exhibition. The uh, museum's first complete air, airframe, Hawker Hunter, was acquired in summer 2012. An important educational resource and an addition and added attraction uh, with the aerodrome's thriving boundaries. The museum staff are all unpaid volunteers and members of the Cywell Aviation Museum Trust, and the the membership is around 40 in number, both ordinary members and trustees. Well, that's a good bit of news, isn't it? And again, talking about aviation heritage and how important it is to keep it going. Very true. Uh, Mr. Warner
1: has a comment for me apparently, uh, he was saying Sywell is uh, where that Electra that's behind me was taken, he was gutted the museum was closed when he went. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Uh, mind you, if that picture's anything to go by, it was a
0: beautiful day. <laughs> if yeah. nothing else... That's how the weather's been today. It's been lovely. Yeah, today. true, true, true. And last story comes from <laughs> generalaviationnews.com. Oh, is that so? He says, look
1: at that. Mister." Oh, never mind. It's all right. Carry on. He says, look at that, uh, Jonathan Warner. You've clearly read the notes better
0: than our hosts and sent in the proper media. There we go. <laughs> Can't help himself, can So it's more good news <clears throat> because... Indeed. I mean, we've had, we've obviously never had the news earlier about that uh, the museum having to mm. up sticks. Uh, the new Earhart Museum is set to open on April the 14th. When's that? That's next week. Uh, a grand opening ceremony and ribbon cutting will be held on noon the 14th, at 2020 uh, or 2023 this year for the new Amelia Earhart Hangar Museum at the Amelia Earhart Memorial Airport in Atchison, Kansas, the hometown of the first woman to fly solo across the Atlantic. Uh, so for all of our U.S. listeners, get yourselves over there, send your pictures in to us. Uh, grand opening weekend festivities include a pancake breakfast on the April 15th, hosted by the Boy Scouts. Uh, free family-friendly activities including face painting, balloon artists, oh, Grant McCarran will be there. And uh, on April 16th, an RC Fly Jam featuring flying radio-controlled aircraft. At the museum, the centerpiece of the new museum is Muriel, the world's last remaining Lockheed Electra 10E aircraft named after Earhart's younger sister, Grace Muriel Earhart Morrissey. Muriel is identical to the plane Earhart flew on her final fateful flight around the world, according to museum officials. Surrounding Muriel are 14 s- interactive STEM and historic. Uh, storytelling exhibit areas that take visitors on an educational journey through Earhart's life from her growing up in Atchison to the height of her worldwide fame. Among the many interactive museum experiences, visitors will have the opportunity to enter a full-scale replica of Muriel's cockpit to experience Amelia's perspective from her cosy cubbyhole and compare Amelia's instrument panel to the Garmin G1000 avionics suite. Also get a chance to hear the roar of Amelia Earhart's Lockheed Electra 10E aircraft's Pratt & Whitney R1340 Wasp engines, as well as see the modern Pratt & Whitney geared turbo van, uh, fan come to life. Challenge their riveting skills to discover the precision required to forge the nearly 85,000 metal rivets that hold Muriel together. Also, they get a chance to flip through Amelia's digitized scrapbook to see stories of women who motivated her. Uh, They'll also get a chance to create an avatar to try on Amelia's uh, career path as a nurse, mechanic pilot, and fashion designer. Also, they'll get a chance to go above the clouds to explore how Amelia and her navigator, Fred Noonan, relied on radio waves and a sextant and quick calculations. They'll also get a chance to turn on Amelia's guiding lights to see how uh, constellations helped Amelia navigate the night sky and also trace 3D holograms through the history of flight and unmanned gliders to biplanes, to jet engines and to space travel. Pilot a virtual reality recreation of Amelia's historic 1932 transatlantic flight to try navigating obstacles she overcame to make history, and you've got to get a ticket for that one, especially. Uh, And also, lastly, explore theories and cast votes on what happened to Amelia and Fred Noonan back in July 1937, when their plane disappeared over the South Pacific pilots who are flying in to visit the museum can tie down planes free of charge blimey not like the uk then uh, on concrete or on the grass to coordinate arrivals you have to contact the fbo at the amelia Earhart memorial airport so there we go so if you want a chance to go and visit that if you're living over in the u.s over at atchinson kansas Go and get yourselves over to that new museum set to open on April the 14th. And if you do go, send us some pictures in. You know where the uh, the email address. Info on that at the end of the show. it mm. would uh, be good to see that. Indeed, indeed. Uh, we've got uh, we've got somebody on the line. Hopefully. Ah, he's joining us from a, a green of uh, uh, the green screen is amazing, Armando. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey guys. Hi. Hey, i'm happy to join you carlos i will give you a gold star for today for powering through and making sure that we got to the military
1: Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Like I can say the 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 complaint is uh, actually <clears throat> you need to slap on the wrist actually because you missed out story three altogether, which uh, I'm going Did to uh, push through uh, now. It's got my name on it and everything, so uh, I, I'll yeah. do that one if, if nobody minds. Story number three is Bomber Camp <laughs> is back. World War Two immersion event uh, returns this May. Uh, it's uh, 12 o'clock high, and Masters of the Air will come to life at Bomber Camp 2023. Hosted by the Stockton Field Aviation Museum in Stockton, California. On the 4th of May and 5th, Bomber Camp offers an immersive World War II living history experience enabling participating cadets to step back in time to train for a bombing mission and then fly it for real. Cadets will experience the, sound, the sights, sounds and smells which few others have known and gain a greater appreciation for the men and women of the greatest generation. Uh, This year's Bomber Camp offers an affordable one day programme. Cadets will attend classes in the morning, have a GI lunch in the mess tent, fly a bombing mission in the afternoon and then relax in the officers club after the mission debrief. Uh, Bomber Camp uh, begins with cadet instruction and orientation followed by classes in aerial gunnery, bombard bombardier training navigation bombardier, bomba- bombardier uh- <laughs> 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 training, navigation and World War II radio operations. Gunnery class introduces cadets to various weapon systems which U.S. Army Air Force's aircrew would have used, especially the famous Browning 0.5 calibre machine gun. The class also includes instruction in how to operate a variety of U.S. bomber turrets, including the ve- the famous Sperry Ball Turret and Martin 250 turret. Top turrets used in the B seventeens and the B twenty fours, among other types. And flexible machine guns and how to aim them by leading the target and compensating for range. Cadets will then employ what they have learned during a mission on board the Ericsson Aircraft, uh, collections Boeing B seventeen Flying Fortress, Ye Old Pub, where they can drop yummy where they can drop dummy bombs using the Norden Bomb site. Bomber Camp is is the only place where you can experience this kind of World War II living history in such an immersive environment. Opportunities for additional flight training and rides in the AT-6 Texan and the P-51 Mustang will also be available. If you want more information about the Bomber Camp for 2023 and how you can register for this extraordinary experience, then go to their website, that's probably the best shot. It is uh, B- www.bombercamp.com. All as one word: b o m b e r c a m p dot org. www dot bombercamp dot org. And that was the action line for this week. It was indeed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Mister Mister Warner <laughs> is saying he wants to go already, and I'm not at all surprised. This would be right up his street, wouldn't it?
3: <laughs> I, I was just thinking that we should hold a competition with Jonathan Warner as the only uh, entry, and and just see if he wins our <laughs> our. Uh, or win our golden ticket to go attend Bomber Camp. How cool is that, though, to be able to participate for a week? And I mean, think of how many thousands of, of airmen from both of our countries had to do that kind of training in such a such a short time frame, as they were like thrown into combat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so is, how, how is the
0: uh, how is the Alabama fun, uh, fan cave, Armando? <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: I think you guys talked about it earlier, but it is uh, this is. a pretty nice as a hawker hawker 850 it's a pretty big jet but this one's only had nine seats these are nev seats of course um, the rest of us will want to be up front but nev I think would would love to just oh no hang no, out.
1: no 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 I I would absolutely be hanging out there and not in the cockpit that 100% um up you want to take would, said, would you would well, you
0: face front or rear Matt? would you prefer to
1: face I would prefer yeah I would prefer the direction of travel Okay. If possible. Um, but uh yeah. Although I must admit I've never I've never got sort of airsick. if you see what I mean. I've never got Wait, you sick. weren't on that plane, would you? Well, <laughs> I don't know, might, sure. might be a bit bumpy.
3: <laughs> might be a bit bumpy No, no. in, in comparison to this is, this to is less bumpy than an airliner because we're flying faster and higher, so oh. I think you'd be all right, Matt, if if okay. if you had to get across the country, this would right. be the way to do it. Okay,
1: lovely. All right. I'll start saving then. How much would one of those set me back? Uh, for a used one, somewhere around fifteen to twenty million. Right. Okay. Lovely. Um, I do have a checkbook somewhere. We'll give it a try, shall we? Well, <laughs> boing, boing, a, boing.
3: You can you can write a check for whatever amount you want. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Quite. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Yes. Maybe a little bit rubbery, shall we say? Um, there we go. So uh, what? What's, the, what's <coughs> the weather like now, Amanda? Because obviously, when you when you sent us your your report earlier on the day, it, the weather your side was slightly damp.
3: Yeah, is that really loud? There's a citation patching by right now. No, we can't we hear it. No. Yeah. Can't okay. hear anything. Um, stand by, Just one second. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what, the old echo cancelling is very effective. It does work it? very well, can't, actually. Can't yeah. hear anything, I can't hear is, anything no, apart from my mother. We
3: just, really? yeah. just had that guy's yeah, next to by. Oh, hello. Oh. There he is. Look, look at that.
1: I love this. It's actually a phenom. We, we're, not, uh, we're not breaking any rules doing that by the way are we?
3: <laughs> oh no no this is just like this is just like hanging out at the airport okay um, yeah it's, no, it's, uh, no, our very big did...
1: jet tv just like sort of, armando, <laughs> exactly. armando jet tv that's what it is yeah absolutely now, <laughs>
3: as you guys saw you know on our on our chat i was fighting some weather this morning it's pretty pretty poopy weather in the s- southeast united states but we managed to get out all right food on naples and then uh doing our second trip of the day uh up here in birmingham alabama and we're just kind of waiting well the hardest part was choosing the barbecue so we oh. went to a nice barbecue joint um and then now uh, oh, just the have to stay live? awake
1: oh bless you uh, <laughs> <laughs> how the the half live eh? oh
3: barbecue i'd love a barbecue right now i'm starving <laughs> well Perhaps not on captain, captain jeff keeps a list of barbecue joints around the country he always goes to barbecue places so i i did send him a uh, a link to sauce barbecue in birmingham alabama and said hey add this one to your list cause it's actually pretty good yeah i like
0: it i like it indeed well there we go yes no, very <laughs> nice very nice to drop in armando and uh and especially to give our listeners a quick uh, look at what uh, the uh, awful luxury that you have to put up with I know. on a daily basis I mean it,
1: this is we say this though it's it seems really glamorous doesn't it it does seem what Armando does uh, and and also That's because it is well, yeah, but it's, it's not though is it really though because it's quite antisocial hours yes yeah, Mark Priestley saying Armando we feel your pain yeah it's it's not it's not all it's cracked up to be sometimes I know but
3: uh, yeah you know there, there's pros and cons to everything I think if even if you had an airline pilot there's pros and cons a corporate pilot has pros and cons uh i will say i'm pretty glad i don't have to eat airport food i can always pick my restaurants and yeah generally you can see what's most important here is just food what what is the food situation (laughs) while you fly the pointy end of the airplanes they're all the same right (laughs) okay yeah it's what happens in between that's like so exactly indeed it's the quality of life that makes a difference (laughs) true true
1: that true that Oh, dear, I can't wait. I can't wait till October. I really can't. I can't wait till next month. Well, yes, quite. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So we have got a competition. Yes. We said we were going to run a competition on the show, and we are going to run a competition now quite regularly, uh, probably for the next... How many weeks that nev's got books to give away Uh, so as we all know nev has got quite a large amount of aviation related books that we have been uh, very kindly sent from the publisher Uh, all aviation books all from great authors all about great subjects now uh, nev what book are we going to be giving away this time
2: yeah, this one's uh, called Tornado Boys, uh, written by Ian Hall and very kindly given to us by Grub Street Publishing. Might be just worth me reading as we've got a little bit of time. The synopsis on, on the back of the book, actually, um, it says since the 1970s, when it was first used as a Cold War nuclear deterrent, The Tornado played a vital role in the RAF until its retirement from service in April 2019. Serving in both Gulf Wars and more recently as a key player in Middle East operations, this unique aircraft achieved many great things. This includes being the first aircraft to be flown by men and women in the RAF following the introduction of female pilots to the force in 1994. Uh, In Tornado Boys, there are stories of scud hunting in Iraq and red flag exercises in the US along with the tale of a stunning uh, competition victory over the US Air Force Strategic Air Command in their own backyard. Uh, The short-lived anti-shipping role is not neglected and there are also tales from those who flew tornadoes on exchange, loan and contract services within the foreign air forces. Finally, the book highlights the essential part played by the ground crew in the tornado story with chapters by frontline engineers and an army ground liaison officer. Ian Hall joined the RAF at 18 and during seven fighter bomber tours flew five different operational types. He served in Bahrain, Germany, Belgium, Norway and Canada and Ian had the pleasure of commanding a tornado squadron in the early 1990s before retiring as a group captain. He then flew for 12 years. With the airlines and he's also the author of jaguar boys and fast jets and other beasts so it's gonna be a great read i've had a bit of a flick through it myself absolutely fascinating stories as these always are and we've got another seven or eight books to give away as well so it's gonna be a, a competition heavy think, next few months i think it will be but this is a great one it's uh ian hall and tornado boys
0: so to be in with a chance of winning this book, we want you to send your answers in to us via email. Uh, we've got a very special question that we've uh, chosen uh, for you to answer for uh, the competition. So if you want to, if you could, Nev, read out the uh, question for the competition.
2: It's a Concord question. So the question is uh, What unique blue livery was Concord painted in? back in 1996. What unique blue livery was Concorde painted in back in 1996? Your answers, please, to be sent in via email and it's podcast at com. Do not put it in the chat room because you will not be included in the competition. So podcast at com with your answers, please. And we'll draw those out next week. And just quickly again, for that question. The question is, what unique blue livery was Concorde painted in back in 1996? Hmm, interesting.
0: Yep, look forward to hearing your answers in via email, the chance to win that. And we'll be drawing that on next week's show. So get your answers in uh, to our email address. Uh, On that. And as I said, we were pulling a name out of a hat. Well, actually, Nev will, because I'll be too busy trying to work out what buttons to press and all that kind of stuff in the studio, because Matt won't be here with us next week. He's off uh, doing some exciting things for uh, the radio station, aren't you, Matt?
1: uh not well not for the radio station i've been asked to uh i've been asked to host uh a, a an event for cancer research Uta- oh, uk so I'm, even
0: more important I'm, I'm very excited to be asked to be involved i'm very humbled mm.
3: yeah.
0: sorry i've just been handed a glass of white wine oh, it'd be dear. awful to oh <laughs> not to drink some indeed you'd,
2: you'd like this one nev is it a peanut greasy <laughs> old? And it's very well chilled as well. Oh, very very well chilled. Sorry to upset all my uh, Liverpool f- um, friends. Uh, <laughs> that appalling scant
0: <laughs> Yeah, and Pop, Poppy's stealing the show. Yes, she is, Armando. Yes, She's uh, very definitely so. stealing the show tonight. Um, so, yeah, I look forward to your answers for the competition. As we said, we'll draw it next week, and we'll be running a competition to win many more books in the, in the uh, coming weeks, so make sure you stay tuned to the show. So we're going to start to wrap things up, but I thought as we're sitting here with time on our hands, what's going on? Who we start with this week? Let's start with Armando. What are you up to next week? Obviously flying in and around the U.S.,
3: yeah, so this, this weekend I'll be hanging out in Naples, Florida. Hold on, just let, me get a, just let me get a
0: paint, pencil paper ready. Just let, put the flight times down. Carry on. is
3: stalk, <laughs> stalking references. Well, you should get on the radio. Actually, Sunday I'll be on the radio, because I'll be flying right seat on Sunday. Um, but no, Naples this weekend, and then for us here in the U.S., it's uh, all the schools are on spring break, so they're kind of staggered all over the place. But next week, uh, the family... And I rented a caravan or a camper. Um, and we're going to go up into the mountains of Tennessee for a week. Um, so I won't be on the show next week, but it's not because I'm flying. It's because we will be on vacation up in the mountains with zero cell phone service or Internet. On purpose. Nice.
0: <sighs> nice. Oh. What about you guys? Nev, what are you up to next week? Please tell me you're flying somewhere in Europe. No,
2: sadly not. I'm going down to the south coast to Brighton, uh, where my company has its new office. Uh, I've been working out there from time to time over the last few weeks. Uh, all very interesting and very nice. Uh, we've got one of our big sort of quarterly get-togethers that, that we do. So no flying this week, uh, just driving around the M25 and the M23. What a, what a joy that's going to be. Although actually it shouldn't be too bad because uh, with the school holidays there'll be far less traffic on the road, hopefully. true. Uh-huh. No, not
0: that worries you in the old banana.
2: No, uh, it's not. I don't worry about it too much. But uh, yeah, so that's the, <laughs> that's the plan for next week, and then flying again. I think 27th of April up to Edinburgh. That's my next big again flight again. Yes, <laughs> because they miss you. I love Absolutely. it. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, quickly um, for you, Armando. There's a question in the chat room from Hobby Time asking how the Piper is
3: um well thankfully it is done the annual is done all the inspections the aileron brackets were replaced the fabric work is done it uh is hard to find a good mechanic that will work on fabric um the paint got delivered today so uh just a little bit more arts and crafts left to do on it (laughs) but uh airworthiness wise it is complete and hopefully after spring break I'll get a chance to fly down to the South Carolina, where it's sitting right now, a little grass strip, and uh, bring it back. So hopefully, we'll bring you some good content from what in our family we call Bear, because Bear it. is just—it's a little cub. Well, it's a big cub, it's a super I, I, cub. So are you a... sticking
0: with the same paint uh, color, the original paint color?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. It was just a just a couple six or eight inch patches that needed to be painted. So um, that is that is the quintessential. Piper super cruiser paint job and it's a very distinct so i I wouldn't mess with it but i did find out it's bahama blue is what it's called when ordering the paint (laughs) but uh yes carlos it'll be ready for us to go do some lunch trips pretty much every day oh dear (laughs) sorry i'm not excited at all
0: Ah. Yeah. Anyway, Matt, yeah. what are you up to? Just work. Uh, next just week. Work, oh, just, just work. Yeah.
1: yeah, nothing exciting.
0: Other than the Friday
1: and Saturday. So that that event's running over two days over at or the University. Or Monday. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not working Monday. So I'm in the office on Tuesday. So I've got to go into Norwich on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Thursday, um, Wednesday and Thursday, I'm, I'm uh, here. Friday, I've got to go work over in Disc because I'm going to be doing that but yeah so
0: it uh, should be a lot of fun should be a lot of fun and next week on wednesday guess where i'm going back to again nev your favorite hornet? no <laughs> no 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 heathrow oh.
1: Oh.
0: yeah i've uh, picked up a little job to uh, to go and take some bits over to heathrow airport which uh, is an awful experience that i'm going to say i'll have on wednesday might have to. T- the only trouble is trying to find somewhere to plane spot where you can park a lorry is always challenging at Heathrow. It road. is very much so, but it makes an mag- awesome platform for taking pictures from it. If if I could find somewhere to park it, but perhaps I should go in the pod parking Nev and, um
2: <laughs> Well, yeah, that could. Yes, yeah, so I think there's a bit of a height restriction
0: oh. there. All right, I could do what Maybe some... that
2: that field that Jerry from Big Jet Team. I was going to say, yes, just do what some other... The horses. <laughs> <laughs> park on there. Wow. So, yes, I
0: shall be there next week, so I'm quite looking forward to that on Wednesday. That'll be a nice little trip down to Heathrow. So I shall be... I shall give you a little wave, Nev, as I mm. as I go via the uh, the, the uh, Buckinghamshire countryside area. Yes.
2: lovely. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Anyway... That is about all we've got time for this week on the show. Big thanks to everyone who's joined us for the show this evening. Also, a big thanks to John, our voice in our ear, John, uh, for helping this week as well, and to Nick as well, with all the show notes and bits and pieces. Thanks to you guys for that. Also, thanks to Armando for dropping in. It's lovely to see you this this evening, Armando. Thanks for uh, popping in. He's always... Yes, exactly. we'll miss you next week, but uh, we'll hopefully have you back uh, the week after. And all being well, we might have a a special guest on next week as well um, from RF Cosford joining us on the show next week, if we can put that all together. So that's it for episode 451 of the show. Uh, Thanks to all the chat room. Thanks to all our audio listeners who download the show each week. And thanks for listening to the Plain Talking UK podcast. We'll be back next Friday, seven o'clock, on YouTube live here. Hopefully, if I can work things in the studio. <laughs> so, from me, Carlos, here in the in the in the different studio with uh, my co-pilot Poppycat, from Nev in his studio, from Armando in his luxurious. Hawker Studio, and of course from Matt in the the beautiful P2K Master Suite Studios. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next Friday.
2: Bye, everyone. Okay,
0: see you. Bye.